Hello, you're listening to Work From Home, a Lower Street podcast where we help you stay connected, productive and sane whilst working remotely. In this episode, Harry's talking to Sean Meads-Williams. She's a freelance copywriter and a creator of an award-winning newsletter. Harry talks to Sean about the switch from full-time to freelance, how she looks after her mental and physical health, and how you can build a community whilst being away from the physical water cooler in the office. How long have you been freelance? Like, how long have you been not employed by somebody? Since I was 25, which is almost 13 years, I've had stints in that time where I've gone back to work or I've worked part-time in an office, but I went freelance just before my 25th birthday. Amazing. As a writer, presumably. Yeah. And I can't, in all honesty, say I was great at it when I first went freelance, when I was first (laughs) working from home. No, it was terrible. I didn't know how to do it. It was, I feel like this is showing my age now. Um, It was before Twitter was a huge thing. And freelancers tend to talk now about Twitter being this really brilliant water cooler place. And that didn't really exist when I was going freelance I didn't know any other freelancers because I didn't have that digital connection that we have now and it was much harder that's really interesting and actually that's one thing I definitely want to get to definitely want to get to is that kind of digital water cooler because that's definitely something that people are looking for is is somewhere to to gather and somewhere to get a sort of replicate the kind of environment they get when they're you know you go and grab a coffee with a colleague or whatever so I'd love to talk about that in a bit but what I wanted to ask was like what was that transition I guess if you were 25 you'd maybe not super long out of university so I, I wonder what was that transition like for you kind of going from being in an office doing a commute to not it wasn't so much for shock in that my work environment was different. I think it was such a huge change because it was a career change for me as well. I jumped from advertising and sales into freelance writing. So that was that was dramatic. And I really had no idea if I was freelancing well or freelancing terribly. I think it was very much the latter. And you do what feels comfortable and you don't necessarily, when you start, realise that it, has, it can have such a real impact on your mental health. Um, I'm still terrible even now for sort of rewarding myself with food. So I will be like, right, I will, I will have lunch as soon as I finish this article. Whereas I'm pretty sure if I stopped at a sensible lunchtime and had lunch when I was hungry, I would get that article finished (laughs) a lot quicker. And I have a habit again of just working, powering through my work and not thinking I need to go out and get some fresh air. And it's only with hindsight and with realizing that now, if I'd got into that habit when I was starting working from home, I think it would have made a huge difference straight from the off. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, is do you have any tips for that you kind of in that sort of that years of experience in that kind of transition? Is there anything you wish you knew then that you kind of have learned now after working from home for so long? I think it's about listening to what your brain and your body needs. Um, I think our our bodies are so good at telling us when we need more back support. I think that's probably the biggest thing. I say this now after working on a sofa or sitting in bed for 13 years. I need back support. And it's <laughs> if I'd got into that habit, if I'd had a proper office chair from when I was 25, I'd be more comfortable now. I wouldn't sound like I was made of gravel. And just... <laughs> 
just listening to what your brain is saying, whether it's not, I think when you work in an office, you get very used to sort of punctuating your day with a trip to get some water. And it is that the irony of like that cliche of the water cooler. I don't think anyone goes to the water cooler uh, for any other reason other than to stop staring at their screen. But it does mean you you take a break, you go for a walk, you will have a chat to someone, but also you stay hydrated. And if you work from home, it's really surprising how little water you drink. And your brain will be crying out for it, but you're just like, no, I'll just finish this chapter first. I'll send this email. Definitely. I, I can I can agree. I can relate to that so much. Like I, I'm two flights away from the nearest tap. Oh, then yeah, you're screwed. So I, what I'm doing is I'm giving myself an excuse here, but what that means is when my cup, I, what I do is I get enormous cups of water, but then when they run out, uh, it's just like, oh, I could go downstairs, but it'll take me ages and I've got this email that I need to send. So then I don't, which is <laughs> terrible because it's both, it's both, I need the water and I need the, the break from the screen. And then you sort of end up getting neither and that's not good. And your brain needs it. And it is astonishing. It's like, sometimes I just wonder if I'm tired, if I'm writing badly or if I'm having a terrible time or if I just need a glass of water. And it is that simple sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I wanted to ask you briefly. The newsletter that you run is is really interesting, and so I just wanted to, wanted to, to find out, you know, why the newsletter, how that came about, and, and yeah, of course, yeah, why you run it because you were you're a freelance writer already, so presumably it was born out of your experience there. It's so I started freelance writing jobs in 2018 after I had had the worst six months of freelancing that I've ever had, and I can tell you that it was bad because it was worse than my experience of the pandemic as someone who was just struggling so hard to get work. It was so difficult. I was midway through my MA at the time. I did an MA in modern literature and I had to postpone my second year just because I couldn't afford to pay the fees. There was no way I could pay. Um, So I postponed for six months and when work picked up, because as a freelancer, you tend to find that work picks up. It just does. I was still finding dozens of freelance jobs each week and had nowhere to send them. I was sending them to friends and realised that no one else was sharing freelance writing jobs. Um, I spent a lot of time sifting through jobs boards that had dozens of full-time jobs on or worse, dozens of unpaid jobs. And I had to do that sifting. So I decided to create a newsletter that took all of the sifting out and that was two and a half years ago it has grown bigger than I had possibly imagined it's turned into a community I set up a freelance fund for writers who had been impacted by the pandemic but didn't qualify for government help um, so 10 writers got a small grant and a mentoring session over uh, May June and July and um, I'm writing a book called The Pajama Myth, which is a freelance writer's survival guide. And that's coming out next year. And that was crowdfunded through Unbound. Um, you can pre-order it through unbound.com, which makes the cliche the fact that we're recording this while I'm wearing my pajamas even better. I would expect nothing. <laughs> it's very much gone from just a list of jobs, just to this support network of people knowing that there's there's a voice of optimism and especially during the pandemic, something something changed about the newsletter when lockdown began and people were losing their jobs and just knowing that 
there was work out there was so reassuring to people. I think one of the hardest things when you're freelance and when you're struggling with work, that relentless search for opportunities and jobs is it takes its toll. It, it's really hard when you're unemployed and you're trying to find that work. And just knowing that someone else is really has your back is really cool. And I think it means that other freelancers now share a lot of opportunities. People email me with opportunities I might not have seen. It's opening up freelancing in a way that hasn't happened before. Like the industry used to be incredibly close guarded. You sh- you'd keep your contacts and your opportunities to yourself. I bet, yeah. And now that that generosity is happening more often, and it's great to see. Hey, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You may remember that we sent out a survey and we said that we were going to have a prize for someone who responded to it. Well, we'll be announcing the winner this Friday, so do tune in for that. In the meantime, please subscribe and give this podcast a rating or review. It really helps us reach more people. And don't forget to subscribe for new content every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Oh,